Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thanks to Uncommon Goods for supporting the instance. Uncommon Goods help you find hand-picked creative gifts by independent artists and makers for everyone in your life, including yourself. Get 15% off your next gift at uncommongoods.com slash instance. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Instance. This is The Instance, episode 560... Nope, I got it wrong again, 656. (laughs) What a day to use that intro, the one where you're in so much pain you couldn't possibly muster the energy to do it justice. Well, here's the funny thing. So uh, Garrett refers to something uh, that I should probably let people know about. Through my back out, been down for a few days, finally starting to feel enough better that I can kind of wobble around and... uh, I made that intro like a week ago when I was full of piss and vinegar and ready to roll. And today I'm uh, I'm a drug hazed loser. And uh, I hope you enjoy what I've brought to the table. Uh, that no, intro is dope. It's pretty good. It was fun to do. I've <laughs> been is you like know. some uh, uh, early 2000s tsunami shit. And I love it. <laughs> Well, good. Uh, it's good to be here. Uh, welcome back to the show, everybody. By the way, it's Friday, November 19th, 2021. Uh, we hope you've all done your homework. Just kidding. We're going to talk about uh, Final Fantasy XIV today, and we're going to do it in style because joining me and Garrett today is the wonderful, the glorious, the fabulous Mr. Kyle Ferguson. Kyle, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. No problem, man. Uh, obviously, a, a, a venerable podcaster in his own right. You guys just hit 400 episodes on uh, Into the Nexus, which is a long-running Heroes podcast. Still going strong. Uh, also part of the, uh, D and D show that we do on the weekends here on the frog pants network called there will be dungeons. Uh, just finished a, a big long stint of DMing over there and, uh, certainly more in the future. Been really, really cool to watch all of that. But most importantly today, Kyle represents, I don't know, the pivot point of today's story. So let's just dive in. We're going to talk about final fantasy 14. All right. The game that seems to be taking everybody away from every other MMO, specifically the elephant in the room, World of Warcraft. And uh, there's a lot of questions about why that is. There's a lot of uh, stuff we can discuss in the periphery of all of it. But you really have to ask what gives with this MMO that is this old now. It's not a new game, right? It's not like they just came out yesterday and said, hey, Final Fantasy's here. Everybody jump, jump ship and come play our game. They've been at it since, what, 2011 was the initial launch, 2012 for the fix. And uh, that's a long-ass time. Uh, we're almost 10 years into this game. And it's just now, in the last year or so, that you've seen this huge this huge bump. So I, today I want to get into a little bit why um, the exodus from WoW. And we can look at it from some of that perspective. But moreover, I want to find out why you guys are so into it. And... Kyle, I'll start with you. When you started playing this game, um, we, we have a mutual friend in John Jagger who plays it all the time. 
And I feel like he uh, was maybe the one that was evangelizing the most in our little circles, our little inner circles, um, and was really enjoying it. I was hopping in and out. I got to level 40 or something, bounced out for a while, came back, did a little more. Um, but he's been pretty consistent, multiple characters to max level, playing the story over and over. Um, it's the kind of game you only really need one character because you can switch jobs anytime, yet here he is making multiple characters with multiple jobs. Um, I knew I was never going to be as hardcore as him, but what I didn't expect is for, for you to get into it. I don't know why I just thought, nah, Kyle won't have time for that game or he, he's, he's, uh, he's a, he's a, what do you call him? He's a Renaissance man. He likes all the things he would rather be buried neck deep in, in a darkest dungeon for six hours or, you know, whatever. That's that's true. (laughs) This is all true. So so without you know, without saying more jibber jab, and I'm probably it's mostly the medication talking. I'm a total idiot today, Garrett. I'd or uh, Kyle. I'd like to ask you why. Why did you go over there? What was the hook that got you in, and how are you enjoying it? So, if I recall, it was 2018, 2019, and John Jagger heard I had just finished for the first time beating it, Dragon Age Origins. Oh, okay. So my Dragon Age origin story is basically I got in the Mage Tower. The healer lady walks up to you in classic Bioware fashion. is like, oh, let me join your party. I can be so useful. I'm like, no way. You're a loser. Get out of here. And so apparently I completely like ditched the healer, made it all the way to the final boss and couldn't beat it. So I put it away in like 2009 mm. and never touched it again. Gotcha. So I go back through it. I'm like, oh, man, what an experience Dragon Age origins. And that's when John hits me again. For maybe the fifth time. It's like, you know, if you like that game and you want more, Final Fantasy XIV is an RPG. You may have heard of it. Interesting. I've yet to hear anybody compare Final Fantasy XIV to Dragon Age Origins, the original Dragon Age game. Was he was he right about that? Like, after enough play, did you go, oh, yeah, I can totally see it? Yeah. It, it's a better connection in my mind than World of Warcraft. There's, it, there's not the options available, but... To kind of skip a little bit ahead, it's well written enough that when your character acts a certain way, you just go with it. I know as the expansions come on, there might be some multiple choice, like pick a response. But for the most part, it's not a Bioware open world exploratory, uh, you know, Paragon or Renegade sort of system. There's there's no dialogue wheel. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. That's true. No one ever says they will remember this or whatever. Or is that more of a Bethesda thing trope? It probably is. I think that's more of a Bethesda thing. Well, unless you're doing, um, oh, who's the, who's the ones who do the story games about the zombies? Oh, uh, Oh, Telltale. 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 Yeah. 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 They're gone now though. Well, the way, um, you know what? Uh, Microsoft spent $7 billion for a reason. And that was so they could have a lot of games that say so-and-so will remember this. That's why they paid that big money. Anyway, uh, so so back to back to your your reasoning. Um, it sounds like like any game. Like, oh, wait, my friends are into it. Maybe we should try this out or whatever. But at some point, it grabbed you and held you, and now you're you're sort of all in. And we'll get to the we'll get to the conversion here in a minute for Garrett. But uh, what was it that made you stay? Because that's the hard part with these MMOs, right? They they hook you for a minute. You like the progression, and then you get it to a certain stage, like I did in, in Old World or New World, and went. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. I'll go do something else. And the games that don't make me feel that way are the ones I play forever. Warcraft was like that for me. Is that like that for you with Final Fantasy? My big 
the reason why selling it as World of Warcraft or more World of Warcraft didn't work is because I thought I was sick of tab targeting. Mm. I thought that was an ancient system that we should move on from, much like the Assassin's Creeds of old. I don't need a counter game anymore. I've done that before. Yeah. So I, I was avoiding it as a World of Warcraft copy. But when I heard that it was more Dragon Age Origins or Bioware in that way, I said, all right, let me let me check this out. And it is well written, but the Bioware connection is very useful because you've gone from fighting Geth and Mass Effect to the Citadel. And the story goes, whoa, slow down there, Trooper. <laughs> well, you get lost here. And you're like, I don't even know these these people. Where the hell, who's important? Uh, what is going on? Yeah. Uh, Dragon Age Origins had this when you um, you finish the camp and, and the initial story, your origin story, and you end up in the camp. And you're like, well, I'm saving dogs. What is the point of this? And then it picks up a little bit. You know, Duncan's up there fighting Darkspawn. And then you end up in the city. And things slow down a lot. And you're supposed to go shopping, but everything's too expensive. And there, there's just these moments in a Bioware story where things get lame, for lack of a better word. Mm. And Final Fantasy starts that way mm. and that's the huge hurdle oh interesting is it, is it starts with world building and it starts with you know r martin firing up what's on the dinner table about seven <laughs> kinds of cheeses and you're like oh i don't know if i can do this but then you find favorite characters and you're kind of like all right all right uh-huh. and then suddenly it's like and we're in we're in the sands we're talking about sand snakes and you're like no 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 please please go back go back <laughs> And it's not going to for about two hours. Bring, yeah. bring back my favorite bartender, please. Yeah, yeah. So, Kyle, do you have a time to talk? Or do you have a moment to talk about our Lord and Savior, the Calamity? Tell right, me, exactly. Like there, it, it, and that's where the free trial comes in, if you will, because much like an excellent fantasy book, sometimes you go, "Whew, not not right now." Final Fantasy, you're going on the bed shelf there. Yeah. You're going to sit there for a couple nights. I don't need I don't need fear of missing out. I don't need to worry about a subscription for a little bit. You're being weird. And and you're off on some tangent that I'm not particularly interested in. But then that tangent 20 hours later yeah. becomes very important. Mm. And you're like, "Oh my god, I have knowledge of this. I've met you." Mm. There's even a whole middle section of the game where they make fun of fetch quests. And then they bring that guy back and you're like, "You, I hate you." Cuz oh my god, I have emotions. I care about these characters. You messed with me just right. Do you think this is uh, a little bit of this is a, is the D and D player in you? Cause what that sounds like to me is some, some early uh, DM explanation about where we are and what we're doing. A couple of hints. <clears throat> and then before you know it, five sessions later, you're like, Oh, like that thing he mentioned that one time, of course I'm invested in this because I have prior knowledge of blah, blah, blah. Like that's what it sounds like you're describing to me. It, it respects you paying attention and the world building is excellent. It's a feat of localization for one. I mean, just to, just to praise that bit of the game, this is a Japanese game Mm -hmm. that has a phenomenal English translation that works absolutely fabulously. Interesting. The D and D side of it is absolutely there. And the game continues to give you what you want in that way, such as, you are the hero of this world. And when you walk up to people you've met, they know you. you know, to, to dive a little bit, you know, I don't, I don't want to spend all the time, you know, 
comparing World of Warcraft directly in some sort of villainous way. But when you walk up to Jaina Mm. and you're like, hey, Jaina, I know you. She's like, oh, hero. (laughs) Like what? We were there together through so many adventures. Thrall, do you know me? And he's like, ugh, kind (laughs) of. I was at your wedding, you big green jerk. Yeah, big idiot. <laughs> but there is a progression, and maybe because of the Japanese, you know, style of the game, whether or not they use your first or your last name, which you chose, whether they call you hero, warrior of light, champion, adventurer, and those sort of titles advance with the people till eventually you're on first name basis. Like there's even a simple, simple thing when you go to turn in a quest. And then someone else shows up, you know, like, what, what, what will happen? Uh, you know, World of Warcraft cutscene, someone was up, uh, you know, uh, oh, War Chief, uh, there's fires on the horizon. And then they run away. Mm. And like, I'm standing right here. <laughs> like, that character will take a moment and be like, oh, hey, hey, Val, my character's name. Good to see you again. And mm. then they head out. You're like, oh, the, the world is dynamic. And that's a loaded word. Yeah. But there, there are simple bioary things that caught me like, when I enter into my home base, the characters have moved. And sometimes they're sorting boxes. Sometimes they're putting things on shelves as we get this new basic custom. Sometimes they want to talk to me. Sometimes they don't. And Bloodhoof's still sitting on the floor for a whole expansion. (laughs) Get up. (laughs) No, that's interesting. That's a really, really interesting take. Like, uh, I hadn't thought of this before. <laughs> so minor. It's really minor. It's super minor. But I get it. Like what you're talking about is filling the world with the kind of minutiae that makes it feel like the fantasy realm that it's meant to be. And that these 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 characters and these things and these places aren't just artifice, aren't just window dressing. They're They're moving around and doing shit whether you're there or not. And that, I think, has been the greatest challenge of MMOs in general from you know, the beginning of time. And I can't tell you how many times I get hung up in this idea that that NPC over there whacking on that rock with his hammer has been there since 2004. And he has done nothing but whack that rock with that hammer for 17 years. And I could walk away. I could do play four other expansions. 10 years could pass. I could still travel back there, run around that corner and see that same guy banging on that rock. And not to say the final fantasy doesn't have some of that, but I think there's some really creative ways that they're circumventing our expectations for that sort of stuff. And to me, I'm not saying that makes it a great MMO. I'm saying that makes it seem like people are really working hard for your money, for your $12.99 a month or your $50.99 a month or whatever you're paying for. And that that's unique. Like, I don't feel that in World of Warcraft. I felt a lot of great things in World of Warcraft, but things are so um, static in a way. Uh, and I don't mean, you know, it's not, it's not that the world holds still in World of Warcraft, but those guys patrolling Undercity, they're doing the same patrol they've done for almost 20 years. Uh, if you're telling me that in Final Fantasy, the characters you care about, the places you like to go, the stuff you like to see has this kind of dynamic movement to it, whatever form that may take, that's a selling point. That sounds like a pretty good game. Or at least it sounds like the people making it give a crap. And every time I see the the, the main, the lead, what's his name? What's his name? Juicy Jim or something? What is it? <laughs> Yoshi P. Yoshi B. P. P. Yoshi P. <laughs> <laughs> not Juicy Jim. That's not it. 
Juicy jam. <laughs> juicy jam. Whenever I see uh, that dude get up on, you know, on a, on a stream or whatever, talking about the delay of this new expansion or whatever and watching him ball his eyes out. It's clear to me there's a different, not ethic. I don't know what the word is. There's a different level of de- devotion. Part of this might be cultural. It could be, uh, you know, a, a, a Japanese way of approaching something this massive and and it, and they take it very seriously into heart and everything. And maybe we don't do that as much in the Western world. I, I don't know. Um, but what you're describing to me feels like it's more meticulous, more well cared for, more crafted, um, with a whole lot of thought and a whole lot of like passion behind it. And why they don't have those same people working on their website or their account system, I'll never understand. Because those are the worst. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> I cannot stand that I cannot save my password on the effing launcher. Oh, it's really bad. Every single time I launch that stupid thing, I got to go into my password manager and copy my generated password and paste it into there. Yeah. And I'm like, what, what is this? I, I, it was easier to log into the, the original Counter-Strike mod. Well, speaking of the <laughs> things that are hard for Garrett to get past, let's go to, let's go to this now. So the big shocker around this game for me is that Garrett is now all in. And yeah, I talked some uh, I talked some good shit about this game. <laughs> yeah. And I'll tell you what's funny is like if you compare that statement to just a few months ago on this show, I think I even asked you on the show, are you going to go play it like everybody else seems to? Oh hell no. I'll be playing something else before I play that and you name off other MMOs or whatever. So not I, my jam, not interested. Like you really really seemed down on the idea of moving over to the game. Something changed. I would like to hear what changed. I did not. I did not like how it looked. I thought I was going to be going to ESO, mm-hmm. um, and we did an ESO episode, kind of around the the one of the first ones we did when we shook up the format of the instance. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can kind of you can kind of hear it there, but I, I can't. Kind of came down on the other side of ESO being uh, this is just too good. Like it's too good of an Elder Scrolls game. It's like playing a legit Elder Scrolls game. And if you want more of that, that's cool. I wanted an MMO that I didn't need to have. I didn't need to pay like explicit attention to 24 seven. Right. Um, where I think you need to in ESO like the, like everything is voice acted. It plays out like a single player, but that's the game you need to pay attention. Um, That's true. The way that game is structured and built. It's one of the things I love about it is that it is, you know, it's a story based game where every quest has spoken dialogue and stuff you need to pay attention to. Cause if you don't, you're going to be like, okay, well, I guess I can just run where the marker is, but, but you kind of lose track of why you're running there and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. It's very strong that way. But if you're looking for something where you can watch old reruns of, I don't know, I can't think of a show, <laughs> Futurama in the background. Whatever. Doing a curb, curb Your Enthusiasm. Sure, I'm that works. Right now. <laughs> you want to watch Curb and you want to watch it, you know, while you're playing a game. It, that that part of it is WoW-like because WoW was great for that. It was, you know, it's great to just go do dailies yeah. or whatever and not pay that much attention. Um, so that's, that's the thing is like, uh, I think... I agree with Kyle on the tab targeting thing more than I thought. Like, I, I don't think it, I realized that I was thought I was sick of it, but I think I was just looking for something that played different mm-hmm. from world of Warcraft. So yeah. like I'm, I'm real bored with wow, not particularly interested in going back in nothing about 9.2 at the moment is piquing my interest. Watch me. And now I'm here planning my flag. Watch me. I'm going to get really bad back in the wow when 9.2 drops. Yeah. Um, but like with all that on the horizon of things that just don't look all that exciting to me, I was like, ah, all right. Um, and then funny enough, mercenaries and Hearthstone, I started playing that. I was like, this is fun. This is scratching a grind itch. And I'm like, mm, you know what? I'd like to grind in a game that has a lot more to it. 
<laughs> I realized I just wanted to play an MMO again. Yeah. Um, and so Kyle on our, our Nexus Gaming News show pitched me a topic one week to cover Yoshi P interviews. Mm. And at first I was like, I don't want to watch a bunch of other content creator stuff and react to that. I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I don't want to do that. I was really put off by it at first. And he was like, well, just when you're bored, just take a look because of nothing else from like, you kind of framed it up. Kyle is like, like, well, like look at how they're talking to their community versus how we're being talked to by blizzard. Mm. Like mm. just, just kind of see the look at, take a look at the difference between their, their PR. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, all right. I can, I, I like that framing. I'll, I'll give it a look. And so I watched some of these Yoshi P interviews and I was like, damn it. This guy makes this game sound really fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like I, Ooh, I want to, I, I want to give it a, a, another try. And so I went in, I dusted off my free trial account and I was like, that's ah, it. Let's just go all in. So I went and pur- purchased the standard edition, uh, and, and just kind of went ham for like a week. Um, do you do the single like, character thing, the twelve, the twelve buck thing? That's what I did when I was in. I'm just curious because they, they they have an option where you do, you can do twelve bucks, twelve ninety nine, whatever it is. You get one character slot, and you make a guy. No, whatever. no, I think I I like bought the standard edition. Like I think it gets you everything up through Shadowbringers. It does, but I don't think it lets you make multiple characters. You can make you do multiple jobs per character and switch kind of on demand the way that game works. But I don't think you can do. Well, but then there's the 1599 one where you can have unlimited characters, I think. So maybe you did that. I definitely, mine was definitely more expensive than whatever you did. Okay. <laughs> like a lot more expensive. All right. Um, I think it was 60 bucks, whatever I did. I, oh, I no, what, a, what, what Scott's asking is there's two different subscription models for Final Fantasy. Oh. Where you say, I'm going to have one character only and I don't need alts. Mm-hmm. Or you can pay the higher price. I didn't know get, that was a thing. I'm yeah, learning something yeah. right now. Okay. I'm a fan. Well, yeah, well, here's I'm why only... you didn't know it was a thing. Because their account system sucks balls. It's terrible. <laughs> it's really bad. Their website is, their website is awful. Yeah, it's 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 real, real bad. Um, I don't know. But yeah, so that. I don't know. I just kind of like I played like a day of the free trial and I was like, all right, I think I think I think there's something here. I think I'm liking it enough that I'm going to purchase it and get in and get a sub rolling. And I did. And, mm-hmm. you know, suddenly I've got like this road to 70 buff and I'm, I'm massively over level right now. I think I'm like level like 45 and I'm doing like level 28 quests. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. The, that okay. was weird. I did the same thing. I did the story boost and, or no, I did the level boost, not the story boost. Cause they're separate and you can get both and then you're caught up on everything. Uh, but if you get just the level boost, you still got to go back and do that. Like level 15 dungeon you skipped or whatever to keep your quest line going. Like, yeah. Uh, here's the odd. thing though, is like now that I'm, I'm deeper in, like I'm enjoying it, um, quite a bit. And, and it made me realize that I think I wanted, I wanted something closer to wow than ESO. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted something really, really close to wow. That just wasn't wow. Um, I seriously, seriously consider going back to the old Republic cause I've heard all of the expansions for that. It's just, they're just great. If you just want to go through and like play a good story, yeah, heard um, good things about it these days. We'll probably do a deep dive. Kyle, you and your damn Yoshi P interviews that you sent over to me. Yeah, um, well, what's with Juicy Jim interviews? Okay, maybe they should have one of his interviews where he cries and, and balls and apologizes about their shitty contract uh, account system. <laughs> Sorry, I'll let, that's all I'll say about it. I just hate it. it. Drives it's, me nuts. it's fine because once you have it set up, you never need to interface with it again, except for but the launcher. Trial. They call it a free trial for a reason. Yeah. I mean, Installing and figuring out some of those things, and then it immediately asks you, 
to choose a world, choose a realm. And you're going, what is all this? And, and, and is it okay? And can I actually play with other people? And a lot of the answers are yes. But we don't know that coming from World of Warcraft, which has been extremely user-friendly. Maybe from the outside, getting the Battle.net launcher isn't actually as clear as we think it is these days. You get no. there and it's like, Call of Duty and, and Hearthstone, new season. You're like, what is all this? I just want to play World of Warcraft. No, that's a great is- perspective, actually, because I I'm I'm convinced that we we who play all the time and follow the news and all of this. It was proved to me this morning. I was having a conversation with my brother-in-law, and he says, "Hey, uh, I got really excited about the way you described your Series X and your Game Pass thing. I think that'd be a fun thing for me to have in the house. So when the kids come over, they've always got something to play." I said, oh, "That's great. Uh, they're really hard to get, so that's the hard part." And I gave him one of those finders, and he goes, "Hey, I found one on Amazon." I'm getting it. I said, you're kidding. They're never on Amazon. Really? And he goes, yeah, here's the listing. It was an Xbox One X. Now, this is a Microsoft problem, all right? Their naming convention sucks donkey wieners, and I'm, they've effed it up. But They're terrible for the Xbox. the wrong yeah, thing like one in the of the worst. And you know that's happened a bunch of times where someone's got that One X in a cart thinking the Series X is in there and then finding out the hard way that it's not. Um, and, of course, those were not in stock, and he couldn't get it. But I guess what I'm saying is we have a certain baseline knowledge because we're in this all the time that I, I think Kyle makes a good point. Some people approaching that kind of stuff like a, um, uh, you know, a, an MMO and trying to understand how launchers work and why does it need an update and all. I mean, that might still be a little Frenchy to everybody who doesn't know French. No offense, Patrick, if he's listening. Well, there, um, there's attention to other details too. Like the tech sucks. I, I really do think that their selection of text is like in the game and duty found. And I hate those words. <laughs> they look bad. Okay. I don't mind them, but they are horrendously pixelated. Yeah. <laughs> that that I, I think they're a decent typeface that work in the world, but they look like they're on a dreamcast. <laughs> well, there's, there's a problem. Somebody made art, art <clears throat> excuse me, art assets that are not uh, scalable. So when the game began, went from like in 2011, what, what resolutions are we maxing at? Maybe PS3. We were still on PS3s at the time. Yeah. But even then, like, well, actually, that's a good question because the console version could be the issue. And because this launched on PS3, right? It did. Correct. Yeah. It wasn't simultaneous. PC came later. But the, but the, yeah. So some of that stuff was built for a resolution and they were okay with it and they didn't think about scaling. That's easy to fix. Every single typeface you ever have, you can do it, you know, vectorize that shit. Don't make it, don't make it a raster image and then it doesn't look like somebody's, you know, bad pixelated garbage font from from 10 years ago so yeah that stuff looks bad i know there are mods for a lot of that um i've i didn't mess with mods when i had my install going i don't know if you guys are doing any of that stuff or if you no know. but we we got roughly like uh, f- uh 40 comments on our video last week saying to install g-shade <laughs> which so i had I, oh. oh oh you installed it how you like yeah. it yeah tell me about uh, g-shade so you know when you have a computer that's not quite powerful enough to run the Tomb Raider and you keep turning on Tress FX to see if the hair gets better, but it can't quite handle it. Oh, yeah. It It's a lot like that. It's it, Does, there does are, it overdrive your system? It can, but not necessarily. It's more that there are a thousand options to choose from and having those options are maddening because you 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 get you know you get some colorations you like you, you, you adjust the depth of field you add some fog then you're like oh man does this look as good as it possibly could let me let me keep messing with this and before you know it you know everyone's got crab heads in skyrim mm-hmm. it's that sort of thing you, you, it, it's just so deep 
that eventually at some point I'm just going to have to settle on an option. Mm. But that is a, that's a third party software for those not in the know that can sit on top of Final Fantasy, a game that doesn't allow outside mods, unlike mm. World of Warcraft. Right. So you can make it look better. And a lot of people up the vibrancy of the colors because it's kind of a saturated game. Yeah. Some of the things I actually like about the look, though, is that saturated. I like <clears throat> I like everything looking a little. Oh, it's hard to explain. It's like it's almost like the world and the people are made of clay. That's going to sound weird, but I, it's how it looks to me. It's always looked that. When I was playing it, I thought a bit oh, of an earth tone to everything. Yeah, a little bit. And I kind of like it. I was I was initially attracted to that because I just thought, well, this is a different take. I'm not looking at yet another wow looking fantasy MMO. I'm seeing a, an art style that seems to be somebody else's entirely. And while it's I wasn't Final Fantasy. Yeah. And I've not been the biggest Final Fantasy guy for sure. Played a couple of games, bounced off most of them, just never really been my jam. Uh, but I like the look of this game. You know, the closer the camera it gets, the worse things get. But that's true of any MMO. MMOs are, they're made to look bad quick, uh, given that they have to have big, wide hallways and everybody clips through each other. And, you know, these textures aren't going to last forever. And, but it's so yeah, gigantic yeah. they're not gonna they're not gonna suddenly say hey there's a high text or a high uh, HD texture map that we're gonna put into the entire game so this game has said look y'all want to make those mods go for it you know uh, we'll we'll allow you to do that and it sounds like there's some some cool ones out there so right but you will get banned from the game if you post DPS meters Correct. which is an outside add on that would then be used for toxicity and. That that's going down a different road. We can get to that later. I know we we're going to talk about Yoshi P, but there's a lot of reasons why the game is well defended by its developers, and they make sure toxicity and therefore things like nightclubs can exist in that game. Mm. You know, they 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 curb the toxicity and take care of their community in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, mounts aren't allowed in the major cities, so when you're trying to click Jaina, for instance, you don't have to navigate, or she doesn't have to be giant. There is. Every mount flies, so when you get in the game, like for me, a big disconnect was, I'm a fantasy man, and I've got my sword and my shield, I'm going to go fight some monsters, and here comes a car that goes, bleep, boop, 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 and transforms, and goes, and and takes off flying. And I'm like, that doesn't fit, and then runs by somebody in like jean shorts and a ball cap. Yeah. Like, well, you know, I guess. And then a polar bear rides by, and then the polar bear just takes off into the air. Yeah. Because yeah. every mount can fly, regardless if it's graphically prepared for it. Sure. Yeah. They all have, uh, they, they don't seem to, well, you know what? I don't want to give up on this angle just yet. The lack of toxicity and like always hearing that they're really supportive and helpful. New players come over. They're like, hey, come on in and we'll show you the ropes and we'll play this game together. Like that sort of stuff uh, is also a unique, I think a, a unique mark for the game. That is not something I think of when I think of WoW or most MMOs, although the ESO community is pretty strong that way as well. But, um, you know, we've seen a lot of sort of shit talk in our life when it comes to MMOs, and it just doesn't seem to happen as much over here. I'm sure there's some. There's always outliers, of course, and everything. But um, the fact that the game, like, outright says, look, we're not going to allow you to have a thing that tells you what kind of DPS you're doing so that you're waving your EP around and telling everybody how lame they are and how great you are is, is controversial from the wow perspective. Like that would have been unheard of over there, but here it seems like it's appreciated. Um, that's a unique thing in this, <clears throat> in the space. Don't you think I can't think of too many other games that are, <clears throat> that are, that are that willing to say, look, we're taking out the, the stuff that makes people mad. 
You know, it may make yeah. you less competitive. Maybe that's maybe that's a problem for some people. But you know, the way John talks and the way I've heard other people talk about it, <clears throat> dungeons and endgame content in this game aren't so much about who's leading the pack, who's got the best DPS, what tanks did the best, or any of that. It's about seeing this story through. It's about seeing that content. It's about an amazing boss fight with just crazy mechanics, and then walking out of there with some rewards. And everybody, everybody, I don't mean everyone gets a trophy. It's not what I mean. But it's like everyone's having fun, which is the point of a damn video game. It's not a society. It's a place to go spend your off time doing something fun. And this strikes me as more fun than... Um, hardcore is not the right word, but do you, do you, you, you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. It's very much like a, a theme park aspect to it, which yeah. uh, I think has been a case of a lot of MMOs, but this one especially, because it's much more... It, it does feel like, above all, it's about the experience... Um, and the, the, I hate to drum up the, the, the beaten dead horse of, uh, content versus systems, but at the moment, you know, as a new player coming to it, final fantasy seems way more about the content. Yeah. Well, and there, there are multiple reasons for that. Like the bands I talked about, I mean, of course, being a RPG that people interact with, there's going to be drama and there is a lot of drama in role players and Frankly, probably a lot of them enjoy that drama because, you know, it makes you feel alive and gets your heart pumping. Yeah. But the story and world itself also facilitates a kinder atmosphere. And I dove like right into the deep end. I went Gladiator, who is a, it's a tank. Yeah. And so I got in the game. The game prompts you so many. You run every single instance duty dungeon. As part of the main storyline, you have to do it to progress. Yeah. And I got in there and just started typing, hey, I'm new. I don't know where I am. And I got nothing, but that's okay. I'll lead the way. I'll let you pull. I'll go nice and slow. And people writing me full paragraphs about how I should probably train uh, train out my ring, but don't worry about it too much. And also are using this sword. And hey, don't forget to use this ability. Oh, yeah, right. You get that ability at 30. I forgot. Don't worry about it. And there certainly is sometimes an active niceness that i think people are pursuing because they don't want to be world of warcraft there's a phrase a wow polite in the final fantasy community mm. someone says hey way to tank the floor and they go stop being wow polite oh wow that's an interesting uh i have not experienced this yet that's gonna stick with me i don't know why that's just a different boy that's a real different way of looking at that i, I wonder if you're having a different experience because you started as a tank kyle because uh i've uh i've I've done quite a few dungeons now and like chain pulling like it's World of Warcraft. Uh, I've seen in more dungeons than I haven't. Mm. And uh, I'm not, not always pulling. the tank. I've seen a lot of DPS just being impatient and doing the wow thing. Well, let me ask you this. Are, the, are those people wow uh, refugees? And I'm not saying there's a way to know. We have no way of knowing. Yeah. But, but that was my big worry when I kept hearing about what a nice place this is. It's like saying, oh, grandma's house. It's nice. She has doilies and she'll give you cookies and a big jar of hard candy. We love grandma's house. And then you're like, well, hey, the kids up the street are sick of their house. Can they come over? Oh, sure. We love everyone here at grandma's house. And then they come in there and go, I'm going to piss on your couch and beat your DPS and F you tank. And suddenly all those people are like staining your rug. So I don't think that's happening at all. But Final Fantasy is definitely grandma's house if you added male and female strippers to the mix that are just having a great time. <laughs> yeah, the the game has a fun. Um, I mean, does Juicy Juicy Jim? I did it again. Yoshi P. Yoshi P. Has he said anything regarding like? I guess it's all cool. 
the the brothel thing that they got going in there, right? No one's telling them to shut it down. It's all just fine. Just it, it seems to be a very judgment free zone. Okay. Um, all right. Like, not that I'm playing on the brothel server, um, as you called it. Is it a whole? Uh, is it a whole server? But, it's an entire server dedicated to that stuff. Isn't there like a go-to server for that? There, there probably is. I, I don't know. The, there's also mahjong in this game that like people log in. They're like, "What level do I have to get to? I don't like MMOs." And they get to five or something, go into the main city, and then play mahjong for the rest because it's the best mahjong simulator there is. Weird. That's really weird. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Like, if you're going to play Mahjong and you're like, hmm, where could we do it? Well, that's that's part of the charm of this. And it's something that uh, people like Kyle tried to sell me on ahead of time, which was just, like, people log in just to hang. Like, and and uh, a big example that Kyle, you always tried to sell me with, was like, dude, there's bards and they just stand around. They just play music. You'll just be running by and they'll hear Enter Sandman being played on a harp. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And you're right. Yeah. And but at first I was like, ah, I don't really, I don't know, I don't think I care about that. Yeah. Um, but well, now that I'm like into it, like it's just another layer of reasons why I'm enjoying this game. And I keep using the word charming. Like it is, this game just uses charm. Yeah. At the end of the day, um, like it's 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 not it, it, anime aesthetic. I could take or leave it. Uh, there's like there's anime I love. There's anime I can't stand. Um, I'm, I'm not instantly drawn in by an anime style. It's not something that like sells me on anything. And I'm very aesthetically driven in mm-hmm. my game choices. Sure. Um, but I don't know, like once, what, well, I don't know. Like, I feel like after like a, my first good, like three hour session where I kind of just let myself get like lost in the game and, you know, for bad analogy, it's like forgetting the water's cold because you've been in the, been at the beach for a while. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I no longer am critical i'm no longer looking at the art style of the game through a critical eye and it's just this is just the way the world looks yeah um you know much like going back to play something like you know wow classic where like it is objectively an ugly game but i don't really think about it too much when i am playing it for an extended session Hey guys, I want to talk to you for a moment about our good friends uncommon goods these guys are fantastic and I really, really like them. So here's the, you want the short of it? I'll give you the short of it. Uncommon Goods help you find hand-picked creative gifts by independent artists and makers for everyone in your life. That includes yourself, by the way. Don't doubt, don't doubt that. It's definitely for you too. Uncommon Goods looks for products that are high quality, unique, meaningful, and often handmade right here in the USA. In addition, they even have Uncommon Experiences where you can choose from live online classes to mixology, cooking, flower arranging, embroidery, and more, all from hand-picked artists and experts. Uh, with every purchase you make, they give back $1 to a nonprofit partner of your choice. They've donated more than $2.5 million to date. That is awesome. So if you haven't finished your holiday shopping yet, don't panic. Uncommon Goods is your secret source for incredible original gifts for everyone in your life. Mom, dad, teenagers, in-laws, best friends, and your one and only self or anybody else you can't think of. You're all good for it. Anyway, I really, really, really like the service. I like anything that that helps independent artists do more stuff. Uh, to me, that's the biggest selling point um, as someone who does a bit of that myself. So I want you guys to go check them out and uh, get a deal while you're there. Get 15% off your next gift at uncommongoods.com slash instance. That's 15% off when you go to uncommongoods.com slash instance. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. And go there today. 
th- th- there's reasons to beyond like the, the the fun and the fun and the no toxicity work together in a lot of ways because of the design and the story. You are the hero of this world. You are a number one. Mm-hmm. And so when you quest and everyone knows that everybody's a number one, we all kind of, you know, uh, you know, suspend disbelief a little bit. Sure. But when you get into that instance, that dungeon, they're like, hey, go hire some adventurers from the Adventurers Guild. There's Adventurers Guilds all over. There's you know people talking as you walk by. Oh, man, we lost our healer on that run. Oh, I'm so sad about that. It builds this place where you're the leader. You're the best of the best. So why would you be unkind to the hirelings? Mm. Why would you be toxic as the hero when children run up to you and say, oh, oh Mr. Mr. Valgot, my, my, my Mr. Valgot, we love you so much. You're the hero of the land. Like, why would you turn and be like, hey, your DPS sucks? <laughs> After children just praised your kindness. Yeah. And that one character playing all the jobs means that when you see that guy or bard or gal or, or cat person sitting in the town playing, you know, uh, undertale music on their harp that's their one character that's that's what they chose to do with their time there's a guy dressed in underwear and a pope hat who has danced on the steps every day oh, since oh, i've been in this Ulda. game yeah this guy is there all the time really <laughs> every single day what it's you a player right you mentioned him on uh <laughs> you mentioned him on nexus gaming news this week and i cut cut it into the video version because I knew he'd be there. So I just went over there real quick and got video of this dude dancing. Hold on, is this an NPC or a player doing this? No, it's a, it's real a player. Hey, he's like lady. this naked pope, and he's just dancing on the, on the stairs. I love it. When you, uh, when you port into Ulda at the main Aetherite crystal, like it's ridiculous. He's yeah. always there. I love that. I do like that. Like uh, One of the things that was really compelling about Star Wars Galaxies back in the day, it, that game was janky in so many ways, but oh yeah, it was really, truly a sandbox. Like They were trying to let you be emergent with everything you dis- you wanted to do and it was the really the the direct opposite of what wow is wow was very manufactured for you manufactured quite well but it was you know you were meant to go this direction and you were meant to explore this place next and you were meant to then go there and and it and it had a not handhold equality to it but you know the world was meant to be experienced in the way that blizzard wanted you to experience the world whereas galaxies wanted you to freaking f everything up and figure it out on your own and and have your own cool ideas and maybe spend the afternoon dancing in the most icely canteen uh if you wanted whatever this game seems to be a a mix of every mmo i've ever played final fantasy 14 seems to go everywhere because in some ways yes we have structured story bits and points and and beats that we have to hit in a certain order and we got to do it this way and that way and i can't progress unless i do this and so that stuff's there but it's also got wild ideas about what it means to go into a, a, a an inn and play music and dance to that music and create an entire bar full of dancing people. Like those weird side things, those emergent things are there also. And I think that's a real elusive thing. I don't think any other game does that very well. And in my limited 40 level experience in the game, <clears throat> having played most other MMOs a little bit, I haven't seen anything else that does that. And I think that's a huge draw. I think players are like, yeah, in some ways this is an old game, but in other ways it's got ideas that we weren't thinking about 10 years ago. Like we just didn't know we could do all this. 
And Star Wars Galaxies did it in such a different way. It was a it was a fascinating experiment in limitations. I saw one Jedi in my whole time in that game. Mm-hmm. They booked by killed a desert dragon and kept running. And I was like, oh, there goes a god. Oh, my goodness. What, mm-hmm. what a rare thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that rarity drove people to play the game to unhealthy amounts oh, in yeah. a lot of ways. Oh, yeah, it was a lot. I played, There's this, I mean, all I wanted to do in that thing was like farm moisture or whatever the hell I was doing and everything took forever. <laughs> it was a beast, that game. It was not meant for the light, uh, the lighthearted. Um, but again, that's back when, you know, what what was the standard EverQuest one, I guess, and Ashron's Call and that sort of stuff. Um, so MMOs didn't know what they wanted to even do yet. Like they just knew that all of us are on the server and I'm running around with a rifle and I'm going to shoot a Jawa on the head and. And then whatever else may come, I'll take care of it. And that was a weird was a weird time for games. What did that Jabba do to you? Um, said Utini, which I think means, you know, bite me or something. And uh, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Well, you know, Yubnub in Ewok means friend meat. So. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, I've screwed up then. Uh, anyway, yeah, like there's uh, the straddling of those, those kinds of game elements is what I think is... Uh, really shows you know shows strength here i mean all you guys are doing is talking me into playing why am i even doing this i don't know why i'm doing this because you're gonna make me want to play the end of this episode i'm gonna go reinstall the damn client and play aren't i that's what's gonna happen shit oh no oh no you might have a good time (laughs) yeah no i might have fun oh shit uh yeah i don't know i mean between halo and forza horizon 5 at the moment i'm i feel like i'm got all the game i need but everything you're describing sounds like Sounds like fun to me. I mean, what yeah, do you let's think? Talk for it in the in the post show, please. What, so what what do you think? Uh, Kyle, I'll throw this to you. What do you think other MMOs could learn from this, and and will they? Do you think things like I don't know, WoW, and uh, I guess who else is out there as a going concern? Oh, Guild Wars Two still going. There's a bunch of other games, but what could they learn? Is it just simply hey, let people play music in the bar and have a car mount, or is it more than that? I think. I think it goes back to Yoshi P really uh, and what got Garrett into the game through watching those interviews. He he's magnetic. He he's kind of that. He's kind of that Carl Sagan type that Mm. you just want to watch talk and watch his brain think a little bit, you know, like like watching Michael Douglas solve a mystery is most interesting when he's not talking. Just watching his eyes go. And in that way, it, it kind of a, a Walt Disney of types. He has a vision for the ongoing game that you now trust. And ultimately, like, I'm a guy who loves to see more monster models. It, you know, it drives me nuts when I see a new WoW preview and I'm like, oh, that's the old spider. I know it looks different and the art is nice, but I see a spider underneath that. All those things fail in comparison to just vision right now. Mm. And the fact that Yoshi P knows we're going somewhere and that when I put 70 hours into your free trial and I'm not done yet, (laughs) that that investment is going to be rewarded Mm. and going to be meaningful. It's a lot to trust, though, isn't it? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! That, that's my as a as a dad. That's my my free hour. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's extremely important to me now. All right. Yeah, I agree. There, there's something about having kids and gaming that puts you into that category of you better be giving me what I need or I am out of here. 
Like you can't, you can't waste what little free time I have and not follow through. Kyle, it sounds like you, you trust your DM is what you're saying. You kind of, it seems like you trust where the, where the story's heading. Sounds like Exactly. Yeah, Which I think great. I think it's overdramatic because like I, I haven't been super stoked on like the direction of World of Warcraft, but I don't think it's like the worst thing in the world. But that is, I think, playing a role for me as well. As I'm like, oh crap, this is kind of an interesting story. <laughs> yeah, and it's it took it took me a bit in those forty hours to get over the overwrought sort of anime traps that it sometimes has. Um, but once you do, you yeah, it's solid stuff. I mean. John, who's in the chat right now, has been the biggest evangelical leader I've ever met when it comes to Final Fantasy XIV. It's basically his game life at this point. And, uh, you know, hearing him talk about the the game and the way he does, hearing our discussion here today, I guess I'm just glad that in 2021, there's been an opportunity for all that hard work that they've done since their relaunch in 2012 for them to finally taste that kind of success. And, and you know, Square Enix is a big company. They don't need my money to keep going or whatever. But I feel like there's a there's a earning it thing happening here that is unusual and isn't just driven by bottom line. Um, it's driven by the you know the the vision of of Yoshi P, and it's driven by the player base, and it's driven by wanting to make a great game experience. The money is secondary, and that feels unusual and weird in today's game market you know feels like yeah the industry's not as interested in those factors as they are in shareholders and how much money you're making and even if it sucks we're still you know people we know we know we're the biggest so people just stay on the teat and not leave and (laughs) and uh you know i'm not i'm just i'm not this isn't directly bashing blizzard or anybody else i just think that that is the main focus of games as a service and you hope that even if the business suits want the money, there's a creative layer somewhere in that cake that makes amazing games. And they and they do to in many degrees. But it's it's easy to feel like Warcraft in particular has lost its way when you look at a game like this that just seems to be gleefully doing what it wants to do and doing it at a, at, at a, at a good clip. And even when they get delayed for two weeks, the leader of the game is going to beg you for forgiveness. <laughs> like wants to come to your house and make offerings to you for, for this game being so late by two weeks. I sent you Ugh. some cookies. Cause I'm sorry. That's yeah. kind of what it feels like. It does. There's a, yeah, there's a, like a, I don't know, just like a hospitality vibe going on there. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. reminds me of like a really good bartender that uh, t- is, is, feels bad when you don't like your drink, there you but, go. but the eyes are upon him. Like this is, this is a very crazy and important time for that game because long ago he said, man, what could I do with World of Warcraft money? Hmm. And they continued to reinvest. They've got the Final Fantasy name to hold up, reinvest, rebuild, and improve their game. You know, now we're really going to see with Endwalker and their next expansion if they can do that. And that's something that I think were fearful to a unhealthy degree about Blizzard and World of Warcraft. I'm not talking about any of the side news. I'm just talking about when the game subs go up, does the game improve? Mm. And do we do we get that, you know, your brain, your brain noticed moment? And it happened in Legion. There was a there was a planet in the sky and and, and in the back of your brain you go, ooh, 
I'd like to go there. Yeah, Legion was and great. And you did. Yeah. And and you, ended up, and you ended up there. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. I uh, I hope, I, I mean, I here's, okay, let me ask you this, now that you both are all in, and you kind of alluded to it, but does that trust extend to this idea that Endwalker is supposed to be the culmination of the game so far, right? There's supposed to be some real landings to stick in this next ex- expansion. That's a lot of pressure to get that right, whatever that means. Because I don't know what to, I know it doesn't mean the game's ending and that's it. Sorry. Thanks, everybody, for coming. Endwalker's the last thing we're ever going to do. That's not what we're talking about here. Um, but it sounds like it is a big, momentous culmination of the last 11 years worth of storytelling and content. Is there any way people are going to be satisfied with that? You know what I mean? Like, is it, is it even possible for that anticipation to be, to be uh, met uh, based on those promises? And I'm not even saying, I guess they're not really promises, but you know, that's the implication. This is a big deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could ask that question, though, of anything like uh, Endgame before we saw it or Rise of Skywalker before it disappointed all of us. Um, Like, you never know until you get there. Yeah, I guess so. Like, I think it is possible. I think I think a lot of, uh, you know, I think a lot of people, there's just always there are things that stick the landing. And like, in my opinion, I think I think Endgame did a good job. I think Breaking Bad did a phenomenal job. And there are things that don't like your rise of Skywalkers and your game of Thrones. Like it just, it just depends. Mm-hmm. And you don't really know until you've experienced it. That's true. And all you're doing is making me want to go in there again and experience it. Well, and look, so- if, I, if I can jump through the hoops and find the freaking account shit I have to do, then I'm back. I'm going to play. <laughs> I'm in. Sorry. Yeah. And I think, I think wow did it twice. I think uh, Wrath of Lich King stuck some serious Warcraft three endings that I think Legion did as well. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Kyle, you were going to say something or maybe you weren't. No, it, it comes back to that trust, right? Yeah. Like they, they don't have at this point pieces they have to pick up. They have toys to play with. And so there's that trust that the landing can be stuck. And a lot of that, frankly, for me and for many other Final Fantasy players, this is probably one of those ad nauseum things you've heard. It's the music mm. like they know how to they know how to Pixar pull some chords mm. with those little violins in the background sometimes. And yeah, when the system, the system battles itself in certain ways, like the transmog system over there, it has its limitations due to its upbringing. But where I don't feel limited is the storytelling and what the graphics can do, even with my character. Mm. Like I remember jumping on the train in Warlords of Draenor, as I sort of like floated in the air and then came back down. And like, you'll see a peon carrying a guy, but it's kind of like half on their shoulder. And the, there's, there's oh, let's pull it with ropes and the ropes are connected by invisible bunnies. You know, there's, you, you see the seams a lot in a World of Warcraft older game as mm. well. Mm-hmm. That isn't a problem in Final Fantasy. And in that way, like Mass Effect 3 you saw the seams. It, it was you could practically see the developers holding the blocks up in the Jenga tower at the end as they're like, "Please hold together. This is a multiplayer engine. We're yeah. doing our best." <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, all right, the that probably covers most of it. I mean, obviously, there's deeper dives we can take on mechanics and all that other stuff. And not sure the show is the place for that, but it is funny. Back in June, when Garrett and I were talking about changing up the format, one of the things I said was. Hey, maybe we should turn this into a Final Fantasy podcast and 
Garrett goes, no, I'm not playing that game. I'm never going to play that game. And now I could, I could actually see some sort of show coming out of it. We're not, this is not an announcement. I'm not saying we're doing it. I'm just saying this is what happens. Well, cool. well now we need to get you there. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, not, it's not like you've been playing Final Fantasy the whole time. No, I haven't. I've got, uh, you know, like I and said, I just, four, 40 good levels and I need more. So maybe I'll. We were doing it based off what you were playing back then. It would have been uh, that rando Chinese MMO you were playing. Oh, my gosh. That's right. I was playing. I still kind of poke in there. I got to level 30 in that game. It's all right. It's a weird, it's a weird game. It's fun though. It's all right. What's it called? Sword, Sword of Legends. Swords of Legends. That's extreme. That extremely memorable title. Yeah, that one everyone remembers. Uh, needs a clash uh, in there. It needs um, what are other uh, clash of of crush sword legends. There you go. Uh, but here's here's my thought. I mean, I still really enjoy uh, ESO a lot, and. Uh, there are other games I'll certainly poke my head into. I've been, you know, back and forth with uh, Guild Wars lately. The show will continue to hit on these things uh, as we play them and as we get interested. But I think the days of show 100% focused on one single game are probably probably behind it. They were already kind of behind it. We were already talking about other Blizzard stuff and already talking about things that weren't connected to Blizzard or more interested in you know what Morheim's next game was than we were about Blizzard itself, and now with all this messiness, I you know I don't even know where our heads are at, at on that. If I've learned any lesson, it's that you know all those eggs in one basket isn't necessarily the way to go. Um, but we'll see. This could be the drugs talking. I don't know. Maybe maybe tomorrow I'll feel totally different. I don't know. But right now this you wake up and you're you, like it's a Forza Horizon Five podcast. Everybody enjoy <laughs> these pain meds. They're no, not pain meds. They're muscle relaxers. Are making it so Kyle's video. He's sitting in front of some sound, uh, some foam, soundproof foam stuff behind you, Kyle. And it gives it kind of a checkerboard look. If I stare at Kyle's video, they're moving around the back there. Oh, yeah. One yeah. of those. Yeah. Oh, so, he also is, you know, he's wearing checkerboard plaid. So that's, that's not true. Happening. I'm I'm really messing with you. Yeah, today. I'm having quite the visual now. Anyway, uh, real quick before we get to an email, I wanted to discuss just briefly this codec mess. Uh, not really what happened so much, but whether or not we think he's going to stay or go. Um, the board says stay. Uh, employees, stakeholders, uh, shareholders, they all say go. Sony and Microsoft uh, both made big announcements that they are reevaluating their relationship with Activision, which may amount to nothing. Um, but it's enough to put a lot of pressure on Activision Blizzard and its board to maybe pull the trigger and get Kodak out of there um, based on the, the latest revelations and stuff that's happening with him. So I'm curious if you guys think he needs to go, stay. I mean, nobody, I don't think any of us are going to say stay. He probably needs to go, right? He no, needs to go. no, that, that Wall Street Journal report, like the, I have always thought the man was probably a monster. Yeah. Um, and the Wall Street Journal report confirms that, yes, indeed, this man is without a conscience, it sounds like. Mm. Um, it's It's like laughably villainous like if you wrote a character in fiction like this i'd be like oh come on can we introduce a little subtlety please like that's yeah. the level it's at for me yeah um so yeah i absolutely think he should go um i'm still a little unsure if he will uh, uh heads of sony and, and and xbox coming out and saying like yeah this is a it's a yikes for me dog mm-hmm. um is is that's where i've had my biggest gleam of hope that he won't be sticking around because mm-hmm. i think once heads of the two largest like well switch numbers are ridiculous but i don't think activision games on switch are their biggest market i think there's probably 
more Call of Duty copies sold on PlayStation and Xbox. Yeah. Like, that's where their real money is right that's now. That's going to yeah. be a big impact. So, yeah, I think between your big console players and between your employees, like it's going to, I think it's going to take one of those kind of three groups, either Xbox, Sony, or the employees really taking a stand, like really going out on a limb, like, like massive walkouts and strikes or, uh, it's completely different scenario, but Sony pulling cyberpunk from the store Mm -hmm. was something that came to my mind. The second I heard that Sony was denouncing, Kotick. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, you know, it was for completely different reasons, but what if mm-hmm. they decided to do that? Be like, yo, yeah, sorry. Until you until you do something meaningful and you know, remove your CEO, we're not gonna sell your games anymore. I think that's what it's gonna take. I think there's a a chance for something like that. I, I just don't know because I think it's easy to sit on the outside and go like, Oh, if you work there, you should you should just you should just go on strike. But it's like, yeah, well, you got a family and you got a bills to pay. Like that's, that is a scary thing to do, but I, I think that's, that's what it's going to take. Yeah. Part of the news was that, uh, blizzard co lead, which happened after, um, uh, what's his name left? I can't think of anyone's name today, but her and Mike, Mike Ybarra. So Jennifer O'Neill and Mike Ybarra took over as co leads of blizzard. Um, and it came out that she, and she quit just here recently and yeah. has now revealed that she was offered equal pay only after resigning. I cannot believe that, the, that they decided to do a co-leadership after Brack left. And they did the, whether you want to call it token or just for appearances, PR move or genuinely wanted to do it, but they put a woman an incredibly qualified woman in, in, in half charge of blizzard. Yeah, she's the head of Vicarious Visions, which got a, like absorbed in the blizzard. Yeah, and, she has all the qualifications yeah. in the world to do what she was doing, and they didn't give her equal pay. I, I, given all that this is, this mess that it is, and they didn't give her equal pay uh, in the middle of the storm, they didn't think to do that is really disconcerting, really the, bothersome. The, the number of times I've said I don't believe this over the course of the storyline is is absurd, uh, which has me constantly saying I don't. I guess I do now. I do believe it, uh, but it is insane. And as you mentioned, like we've been in, uh, you know, everyone's been in these sort of corporate positions before. The story is becoming more and more relatable by the day. The idea that you go to your boss and you say, "Hey, can I have a raise for what I'm doing?" and they say, "Oh, we don't have the money for it," so you say you'll quit. They say, oh, we found the money. Hmm. Suddenly you have the money when I'm out the door. Mm-hmm. I'm glad she stuck to her guns and left. Yeah. And it wasn't even a seniority problem. Like there is no, there's no crack here where you can solve this equation. Mike Yabar was with the company since 2019. And she had been in her position for 18 years. Yeah. Yeah. There's no seniority. <laughs> they should have just done it. Like it seems like the dumbest thing in the world. Her quote is this. She says, um, while the company informed me before I tendered my resignation that they are working on a new proposal, they were only made after uh, I tendered that resignation. So basically they offered to give her equal pay uh, after she quit and get her to stay as you alluded to Kyle. And it's, uh, it's just what a, what a, I mean of all the things to do, and she and she said I was tokenized. I was used as a symbol. I was, you know, she she said all those things as well. We were all thinking it. 
we're all well, like, okay, we this were. is rad because she deserves the the position. But knowing Activision leadership's past, it's like I could see them doing this just to make us shut up and stop breaking them over the coals. Right. You'd and think- now that we know that, yeah, they put a man and a woman in a co-lead position and they paid the man more than the woman. Yeah. It's just like, my God. Yeah. Like if I listen, if I was, if I was an evil CEO and I had to make this decision, I feel like I'd be at least smart enough to pay them equal. So at least that couldn't come back to bite me in the butt. Yeah. And that's a codic like, thing. It, it, that's it Bobby. Truly odd. It, 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 the, 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 you, Kyle, you say the amount of times you say, I can't believe this. The amount of times I've said, the audacity mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's what just keeps leaving my mouth is like wow you really think you can get away with this yeah because you have been getting away with this yeah they he needs to go so i really hope that happens i mean everybody and every you know employees are are signing the petition in the north of a thousand uh signatures already saying he needs to go the shareholders have uh officially made a statement uh, however that happens or works to ask him some, to leave some shareholders some, and yeah. it's the same shareholders that have already been critical of Kotick in the past. Sure. Um, right. Yeah. So for a lot of them, you know, they remember the days of 1991 when he swept in and saved the company for $400,000. Yeah. And he is clearly in their eyes, the best man to keep them making short term gains. But as we just talked about with final fantasy, this is a world of fantasy and reinvestment. That needs to be constantly done to uphold your worlds and particularly your service products. We're not in the box land anymore Mm-mm. with video games. Yep. But to me, the thing that really stood out from this Wall Street Journal article was the repeated passing off of blame. Uh, and particularly this one quote from it. Mr. Kodak said that he and the board now expect to be kept better informed than in the past about workplace issues. Hmm. So it was someone else's fault yeah. that you mean the issues that he was made aware of and he it, paid off to go away. Yeah, those exactly <laughs> the people that he helped stay on for longer because he were he was making the the company money. The the perhaps and you know currently an accusation according to the letter here, but or uh, the Wall Street Journal here. But the idea that he drafted letters that were sent out by other people's names, wrote other people's names upon them. Some of them being female employees mm-hmm. and then says later on, I denounce that how tone deaf that letter was. Yeah. My my resolve is unwavered. Mm. Yeah. Well, as I've always said, until there's um, a direct hit on the money part of it, there will be not there will probably won't, won't be much movement. But at some point you can't sustain this level of 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 just bullshit. You just can't. I don't know. I, don't, I, ugh, I just found this week to be so. So reminiscent of, of July and it really, really rubbed me wrong, but uh, I ended, I ended it feeling good about it um, in a weird way because it's like, again, and we, as we've mentioned with Joss before, like, I think, you know, we kind of expected the coverage of this to die down by now. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it really does feel like the employees and uh, enough of the, the player base have had enough and they're not going to let it get swept, swept under the rug. Yeah. And certainly, you know, uh, news outlets are not going to let it get swept under the rug either. Cause I mean, this wall street journal report is just damning. No, and, and it's, and in that way it's becoming more personal to so many more players and I'm finding them caring more. You know, there, there's a lot yeah. of people who said, just make video games. Oh, all I want is your video game. And now we know what it's like to get a, a bomb dropped on your workplace 
and spend yeah. all day on Twitter or in your local Slack or whatever and not working. Yeah. Like this company continues to be interrupted in their workflow. And a lot of people who haven't supported developers in the past for whatever reason are now saying, okay, let the developers work, please. And so in that way, we, the, the side is even more for the workers, you know, maybe for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, on, on Angry Chicken this week, we talked about it and I mentioned that like, man, I just want to talk about fun game shit. And uh, I had a couple of friends at Blizzard write and say, yo, that that landed for me because we just want to make cool game shit. Mm-hmm. And right now, it feels they're they're battling. They're battling for for a halfway decent work environment, which is absurd. It is absurd. Uh, sitting in the chat says so not punching through to the consumer base. This stuff. Uh, basically reminding us of that dis, uh, discussion earlier about the Xbox One X thing and how most people don't know the difference between that and a Series X. No, I get it. Like we're frontlining this, so we know when this stuff is happening. But the Wall Street Journal is an extension into Meat Space. Uh, Sony and Microsoft piping up is an extension into Meat Space and gets coverage all over the place. Um, like I think meaningful strides are being made towards some serious accountability. And if that accountability just comes in the form of Codex out of there and they do a top-down, you know, a re- retrofit of the entire company to make them good again, great. I, I, the more exposure, the better. But you're right. The average kid who's like, I love Tracer. She's my favorite hero in, in Overwatch. That kid's not going to know about all this. Why would they? Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a weird time we live in, guys, uh, especially for the things we like. All right, moving on. Something a little happier. Let's do this quick email. Hello there. This is from Mike G, who wrote in and said, Hey, Scott and guys, just listened to the episode 655 and wanted to offer. Our 12-year-old loves Chris Pratt and Owen from Jurassic World. I literally had to explain who Chris Pratt was for uh, was during Guardians of the Galaxy, and he didn't believe me at first. As for Chris Pratt as Mario, I don't know. I've been able to, uh, I have been able to take any variation of Mario seriously. I haven't been able to ever. So I'm hoping this one's good. Although unrelated to the aforementioned, I wanted to express appreciation for the creator of Rock Runners Inc. Our family has many evenings uh, into this now. We love the art, the tropes, uh, drawing on the games, sci-fi, all that stuff is our style. Thanks for the game, says Mike. Well, thanks, Mike. I'm really glad you enjoyed the game. Uh, if you don't know what he's talking about, you can find it on our store at frogpants.com slash store. I promise this wasn't supposed to be a a a, a pimp for my store. But anyway, um, we had this this whole discussion about, you know, high, you know, IPs being made from video games into movies and to television. And we got off on this track about, you know, whether or not Mario should ever be played by somebody like Chris Pratt. Um, I mean, yeah, you know what? Garrett said it earlier. Who knows till we see it? That might be awesome. Who knows? Like, you know what? Kyle Flynn might find the new Mario animated Mario film starring Chris Pratt to be the greatest thing he ever experienced. That old one was really disturbing, though, as a child. <laughs> yeah. Like with the, the booger descending out of the ceiling and uh, the, the, the Koopas dancing in the elevator. It was just eerie. Oh, I loved it. I don't know what cocaine induced haze just made them decide we should do Mario as Blade Runner. Uh, for our live action Super Mario Brothers movie. But uh, yeah, that was a, a frequent blockbuster rental for me in my childhood. Yeah, but like in like a like in a oh, what's out the window? Is that a dead squirrel kind of way? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and argue that it's a good movie. Yeah, <laughs> just that it's one really that was weird. very much a fixture of my childhood. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't like all of these. I'm uh, like because we've had some good ones recently. I thought Detective Pikachu and the Sonic movie, funny enough, were were surprisingly well done. Yeah, they were good. Like, they're pretty decent flicks. Mm-hmm. Um, but like when they were announced, I was just like, okay, I don't really care. Like whatever, I, I want to play a Mar- <laughs> if I'm mad that Mario's <laughs> voiced by Chris Pratt I could just not go see the movie I've got plenty of Mario games where he's voiced by the dude that's been voicing him forever yeah um, oh wait is he voiced yeah well I, we assume they, so they, they, annou- they, they, they announced a, a Mario an animated Mario movie and Chris Pratt has been cast as the voice of Mario and people are mad yeah oh oh wow you didn't know about this so, no I thought it was all live action I thought Jack Black was going to be like in a suit no or, or personified like our old movie like Jack Black was Bowser but you know he like kind of had a backpack on or something no like this is like that. big animated Pixar looking Bowser no but now that you say that's what you thought it was I wish that's what it was mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> well, I, wait maybe... wasn't Chris Pratt go ahead he was in the Lego movie right yeah yeah he's the main character in the Lego oh, movie which is was... like legitimately a generic everyman yeah yeah but he was joyous yeah he, it was fun he was... it was fun yeah, he did a good job. Okay. I I think people are just hitting a hitting a Chris Pratt oversaturation phase right now, and I think that's making mm. this a little bit worse. But yeah, I I don't mind him, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely getting a little little burnout on on the Chris Pratt. They announced a week later he's Garfield, so that's fun. No, I, do I do you want to talk about an IP? I do not give a damn about anymore. <laughs> I don't Garfield. know the last time I did. Yeah, I mean, he, what he'll hate was, Mondays and eat lasagna. Yeah, I think the last time I was really into Garfield was fifth grade. Yeah. Yeah, it has its place in time, but um, the fact that they're going to animate that, I guess that's a movie also. Um, I think they should get Bill Murray to do it again, because didn't he do Listen, it man, some? they had Bill Murray as, as Garfield, and those movies still sucked. So it <laughs> doesn't matter bad. who's voicing them. <laughs> they were well, bad. There's a Bill, whole st- Bill Murray was doing like an interpretation of his younger self, Bill Murray. It got kind of weird. <laughs> it did get really weird. Also, it, was, isn't there some bad. story that he got tricked into doing that role? There was some weird thing like that. Like it wasn't. Isn't this isn't the story of Bill Murray that he doesn't have an answering service and it just rings his landline? And if he happens to be home and picks up, you have a better chance of getting him in your movie. Oh, that, is that is that an old wives tale? I don't or? know. I love <laughs> it, though. I love it. I saw that documentary where he shows up at people's parties for no reason or just if you find him in public, you walk up to him and say, hey, do you want to? go to a bar and he'll just go with you like he's a when weird, i lived in la weird. the ikea i would frequent was apparently where he would eat a lot and i was always mad because i never actually bumped into him there oh that's too bad <laughs> go to ikea to eat what the frick he's got decent food they it's got, not terrible they got meatballs and some weird jelly things and that's it right yeah hey man the the, meat, the meatballs aren't horse anymore okay oh, they, they're right. coming up in the world well good job sweden um anyway thank you for the email mike we appreciate it the instance <laughs> dot sorry the instance at email i can't read the instance at gmail.com is our email address these muscle relaxers ain't no joke man they're making me talk like an idiot today but i'm really glad we had a chance to talk about all this cool stuff and of course uh, having kyle here was a was a treat joss will be back next week i forgot to mention she's out uh, for this weekend and uh, gave us an opportunity to bring Kyle in. So she should be back next week. Kyle, thanks for hanging out with us. Is there anything you want to tell the folks about that they should be checking out on your uh, radar? What are you doing these days? Oh, man. I mean, you should definitely check out There Will Be Dungeons, the D&D show. I do with Scott here. That's a that's a delight. I got to DM a big, big three-season session over there. So love getting to do that. Love having you as a player in that game. And now we're back to the wastes. Yep. Uh, Garrett and I do a thing called Nexus Gaming News, where we do video coverage on YouTube of our Final Fantasy journey. 
And people have been extremely kind. Love reading the comments over there. So be sure to check it out. Yeah, go do that. Most successful thing I've ever done on YouTube by a landslide victory. People are real stoked about. I think that thing is cool. Yeah, I love I love that you guys are doing that. Garrett, anything else for you this week? I really just want to double down on the Nexus Gaming News thing because like for the last two weeks, at least it's really, really relevant to the conversation we had here today. Um, We started the show covering game headlines, but uh, at least for right now, it's more of a journey through us examining the trend of of Final Fantasy taking over the world. Um, Mm. So you should go check that out. Um, Two episodes ago was really just me kind of talking about my (laughs) <laughs> by falling into it and mm-hmm. the whole it kind of goes a little deeper than we got here into why i care now um and then the most recent episode that just went up it's also available in podcast form you can find it any on anywhere you get your podcast but you go to youtube.com slash tv it's there and the most recent episode is uh, uh us covering all of the things that we wish we knew when we started playing so oh, very nice uh, if you're if you listen to the show today and you thought i think i might try that Latest episode of Nexus Gaming News would be really good for you and give you some uh, some nice starter tips for getting into the game. Very, very nice. Go check those out, you guys. Uh, it was really great having you on. Real quick here, I want to mention our new Patreon. It's going great. You guys have really stepped up. We really appreciate it. Huge thanks to everybody who stopped by so far and signed up for it. Got a few old names on there, some new names. Just great to see. So if you would like to support this show in perpetuity, go jump on now. Patreon.com slash instance is where that's at. And uh, don't forget, this show is just one third of the Frog Pants Plays part of the Frog Pants Network. We've got Core, which very next Core will be probably nothing but Halo talk. I can't believe how good Halo is again. Oh, my gosh. That multiplayer Halo is going to eat me alive. It's so fantastic. Um, Man, Halo's back in a big way. That might actually help push Kodak out, by the way. Is Halo having a moment? And pushing Call oh, of Duty. Uh, Call of Duty's sales are down 40% from last year. Yeah, and Vanguard is not reviewing well, and it's just not looking great for those guys. So, uh, never been a better time for Halo to come back, and it's on PC, and it's everywhere but a PS5, I guess. So, if you want to if you want to see what that's all about, we'll oh, likely Halo, be talking about it. I haven't played it yet, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's really good. Uh, also, that Fort, new Forza game is amazing, too. So, I guess Microsoft... Greatest racing game ever made. Yeah, Microsoft maybe have it a month. Um uh, and worth checking out all that stuff on Game they're Pass. Gonna, yeah. They're going to have a holiday. That's what Microsoft's going to have. I think so. They're popping off right now. Good for them. Uh, anyway, uh, so check those out. Core and, of course, my indie show called Boop. Those are both there at frogpantsplays.com along with the show. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, once again, huge pleasure having you guys here and having Kyle here as a, as a guest. We'll do this again. Uh, we hope you all have fun. And if it's in Final Fantasy, we'll have the most fun. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com.